0: Welcome to The Q-Word, a podcast about the tips, trends, and taboos of emergency nursing, where we pull the hospital curtain back on issues that emergency nurses and their patients often think about, but seldom talk about.
1: You found The Q-Word Podcast. Happy New
0: Year, Nisa-Lynn. Happy New Year, Lisa. This is our first episode of 2022, and it is our 37th episode
2: since we started this whole endeavor. Yeah, we're three and a half years into this fun project of ours. As a matter of fact, we have found our our listenership has been going up, which is really exciting. Yeah, we're growing, and so we thought it would be a good time to um, take a minute to to sort of talk about the podcast and some other things that we have uh, for the, the listeners as well.
0: Yeah, you know, it's the kind of stuff that we're supposed to do if we were like really professional podcasters, we would do this at the beginning or the end of every episode. So by way of reintroduction for our new listeners, and just as a refresher for everybody who's been loyal with us from the beginning, uh, we wanted to reintroduce ourselves and do a little housekeeping before we get started today.
2: Yeah, so I'm Nisa. I am a nurse with an uh, emergency nursing background and I currently fly full time. I still have a PRN position in the hospital that I love and I'm a huge geek and a nerd and I love digging into this stuff.
0: I believe she's being a little bit too modest. Nisa has an alphabet soup after her name of all of the LPNs, R-N-L-N. Go ahead. She's shaking her head (laughs) because she knows that I don't know the way they work. All I know is there is a huge string of letters beyond her name.
2: Yes. So I've never been an LPN, but um, Mm. I do have three certifications and uh, it's emergency nursing, pediatric emergency nursing and flight nursing. Um, And that brings up the point that you are not in fact a nurse.
0: Absolutely not a nurse, not even remotely a nurse, Uh, no. I know nurses and I very much enjoy their company.
2: Yes, Um, (laughs) you are editor, producer, Website design, creative, logo creator, sound um,
0: engineer,
2: thumbnail sketcher. Yes, Uh, all of the the things. Yeah, I do all the other
0: stuff. And I'm the layperson who's known Nisa for many, 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 many years. I would have said how many years, but Nisa will kill me if I do. I will. But we met each other back in college many, many moons ago and have been hanging out since then. And when Nisa had this fabulous idea to do a podcast, I jumped on board to be her plus one.
2: So in addition to being the visual creativity and the technical person, you also represent all of our best friends who may not be nurses or our spouses who are not in healthcare, or our family members. Um, and so you provide the outside perspective of what it is that we do deep, deep, deep on the inside, down in the basement of the hospital emergency room. Uh, we wanted to talk about some of the new listeners who have taken
0: the time to stop and rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, back on December 9th, uh, just recently, uh, Joe H61 said, incredible job. Content is on point. I listened to quite a few podcasts and have to say that this one is really well done. Great content and flow. Great content and flow. Audio is great. Yay. <laughs> Thank you very much. And it is very relevant to topics that are faced as an ER nurse. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much, Joe. We will do our best to keep up the great work. And we have one more. Rach E with about eight E's after the (laughs) R-A-H-C-H. And uh, Rach E back on November 27th said, my favorite ER nurse podcast. I love this podcast for a few reasons. The content is absolutely relevant to my job. Two, the content is well thought out and the banter is enjoyable to listen to. Three, Nisa knows her stuff and Lisa is both intelligent and caring enough to be interested in the content matter and offer an impressive and compassionate outside perspective to our job. I find myself holding back on processing some of the things I see at work because some things are too hard for others to wrap their head around. This podcast gives me a therapeutic, it's not just me feeling about the work I do. Thank you, Nisa and Lisa.
2: And thank you, Rachie. Yeah, thanks, guys. That makes all of this, and it is hard work, um, it, but it makes it so much um, so much worth it and so much fun. You know, one of the vibes and one of the things that we say about the podcast is that we focus on the tips trends and taboos, and we don't shy away from some of the taboos. And I think that might be what she's referring to when she's talking about some of the difficult things that we process. Um, and so I love that it's being appreciated. Yeah, we
0: really appreciate you taking the time. We've had other folks comment on the podcast. We really appreciate you stopping by. Um, and we hope that you will rate and review us on your podcaster or come by our website, which is the qwordpodcast.com where we have all of our episode notes. Uh, We have um, transcripts for most of our episodes. We're getting more of them up there. Uh, We have links uh, to different resources that we have mentioned
2: on the episodes, Um, links to um, other podcasts. There's a lot of fun stuff. There's a lot of resources. Uh, Each episode has its own little, extras uh, some more than others and we've got some recommendations if you want to jump into the twitterverse of er nursing we've asked some of the smartest er nurses and er nurse adjacent people that we know to review some of their favorite books for us that they think er nurses should read so that is growing and then our episode about family presence uh, the hospital that i developed the policy at, gave us permission to list the policy there. So if you want to bring that to your facility, that policy is ready for, for your use right there on the website. So lots of things to tool around and find. So join us over there. Check it out for example. Um, but we're going to have a lot
0: of support information for this episode. So this is a perfect time for you to go to the and check it out. Um, we'd also like to encourage you to email us at the keyword all one word spelled out at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, just look for the keyword podcast and you will find us. We're there. So, But without any more ado, let us introduce our excellent guest who's been waiting in the wings, Julie Murray. She is here to talk about something really important and really special, an initiative that we are so excited to talk about. Uh, Nisa, why don't you introduce Julie for us?
2: So one of the things that we love on the Keyword Podcast is to provide nurses with tools that can improve their practice, their life. One of the criteria that we especially love is when it requires no cost, when it's minimal training or minimal equipment. And so we have one of those tools today on the podcast. I read about this on a a nursing social media forum and was immediately interested because I think this is something that nursing needs, and I think this is something that our listeners will love. So we have invited the expert here to be with us. She is an OR nurse of 41 years and wisely or coincidentally, I will love to hear this, retired in December of 2019. So she got out (laughs) right before everything burned to the ground. Yeah, so I want to hear about that. Mm -hmm. And the last 10 years, she served the nurses at her hospital as their uh, nursing chief steward in the union, which is the OPEIU, also jealous of that, as I'm in a state that is Mm non-union. She served as the vice chair for the same union, uh, the OPEIU, CEIU International Nurses Council, whose membership includes 10,000 nurses. Wow. Um, She is a member of the McLaren Greater Lansing Nurses Honor Guard since 2011. And uh, since she has retired, she's been devoting time to organizing groups of nurse honor guards and other advocacy groups all over the country. And she started something called the Nurse Honor Guard Coalition. Um, so what we're talking about today is what a nurse honor guard is, um, why we need it, and how to get one going in your area. And so we would love to welcome Julie Murray to the QWord podcast.
0: Hello, Julie.
2: Hello, and thank you so much for having
0: me. This is the first I've ever heard of the Nurse Honor Guard. So I'm so excited to hear what
2: you've got to tell us about it, because it sounds really interesting. So, Julie... We're, we're going to start like we always start by saying, um, so you were an OR nurse. Do you know what the Q word is? Oh, for sure we do. <laughs> okay. So in the OR, did you ever say the Q word or were you one of those people Only, who banned it? You would be uh, uh really
1: uh put down if you said that word and everybody would come after you for that. It's the same as ER because yes. it can be very calm. And just things are going along, and then boom. If you say the Q word, there come the emergencies.
2: That's so. right.
1: Trouble comes. Thank you for the emergency room nurses for giving us both.
2: <laughs> we, we are so happy to pass them right along to you.
0: <laughs> but we're also happy to know that the tradition of the Q word is truly alive and well throughout it's the hospital. Very strong. Everywhere.
2: Yes. It's we find strong. that it crosses disciplines, it crosses um, mm-hmm. specialties, and it is international. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell us about the Nurse Honor Guard. Just start by telling us what it is.
1: So, the Nurse Honor Guard, we attend the funeral or memorial service of a nurse who has passed, uh, dressed in the traditional white uniform, complete with cape and cap. And we perform a short ceremony, similar to a military send off without the gun, and officially release that nurse from their nursing duties. Wow. That's in a nutshell what it is.
0: Wow.
2: Beautiful. And I, um, I have looked at some recordings of the nurse honor guard uh, doing the, doing the ceremony, um, performing the ceremony, and we're going to link some of those on our website so that um, people can go to it and see what it actually looks like in action. Um, and part of that nurse honor guard ceremony, I think every time, includes the Nightingale tribute. Can you talk about the Nightingale tribute?
1: So this was a a poem that was written by a nurse called Diane Yeager, and it's called, She Was There, or He Was There. And it incorporates uh, all that the nurse is there for during their time as a nurse. You're not remembered for your years as a nurse, but for for the difference you made in people's lives during the time you were a nurse. And so we give examples, like when uh, a calm, quiet presence was needed, she was there, and we say their name. And awe... In good times and bad, they were there, and we go through that whole thing. the whole The whole poem takes probably about two minutes to do, mm-hmm. and it, during that time, we have we proceed up the aisle, and we have an, a lit nightingale lamp. We have a triangle and we have a white rose along with the lamp. So during the ceremony, at the end, we extinguish the lamp, and it is given to a family member with some quiet words of condolence at the end, and that's when we. After we've done the official, uh, we do an official roll call, and uh, ring the triangle out every time we say their name, and then we say we officially release you from your nursing duties, and the lamp is extinguished, and then, like I said, given to the family.
0: You know, you see a lot on television, and of course I've, I'm, I'm aware of and I've heard of uh, these sorts of funeral traditions for police officers, for firemen, um, or um, You mentioned for, the military. For the military, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel terrible about myself that it never occurred to me how necessary and, um, and beautiful it would be for nurses or for people in the medical profession. So- Um, This is really moving. It must be incredibly moving to be at a ceremony like that.
1: Well, I can tell you that it is sometimes the most healing thing that happens at a funeral, because you can know that sometimes a funeral is more about evangelizing or about other things that the person did in their life. But we as nurses know our families are proud of what we do. They were there. They lived our life where we couldn't be there for a holiday because of crazy schedules, or we were on call, or we got Uh, phone calls from people that want to diagnose a rash over the phone. But they're proud of what we do. And so this brings that right out in the light. And it's like a a closure for them. It really is healing for the family. And we're healers. You know, that's what we do. And I think that we are bringing dignity and respect back to our profession, which has taken quite a beating lately. And it helps us renew our spark because the flame is flickering. Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and this really helps the nurses that perform the ceremony as well as the service that you're doing for the family. Wow well said. And we need to support each other in life
2: as well as in death. Yes and and as you said how much our profession impacts the ones that we love that are closest to us. Like you said every holiday uh, Mm -hmm. when we're not there at night because we're working a night shift. Yeah that's a really important piece of this. I love that.
1: It started out like in 2003, the Kansas City or the Kansas Nurses Association started it. And it, when I joined in 2011, there was maybe a handful of groups around the country. And so in 2016, uh, there was a rally in DC for uh, safe staffing. And I decided to go to that rally, and for, on a whim, I wore my Nurses Honor Guard uniform. And I'm really glad I did because I had so many nurses that came up to me and wanted to know why I was wearing the uniform. And I was able to tell them, and actually the Nurses Take DC group asked me to speak at the rally, and so I did. And I started organizing groups then. I didn't know what it was going to evolve into. It's just getting so big now. I'm so happy to see I've started over probably 150 groups. Wow. From just a handful that we had. And like some states will have 9 or 10 different groups, and they help each other. And so I started the National Honor Guard coalitions for the groups to come together and help each other. So if a group wants to become a nonprofit status, they can reach out to other members of the coalition. How did you do that? Or if you're looking to recruit nurses, you can uh, get ideas from other groups. So we're, we're not the governing body for the group, for the Nurses Honor Guard. I encourage each group to be autonomous and, and, uh, make their ceremony special for their area because what works in California might not work in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've done with that. And then in when COVID is manageable, I'm hoping that we'll have a convention and we'll all get together and be able to share our ideas and have classes and how to in teach each other what we're doing. And that's my goal for this. In wow. the meantime, I just keep plugging away and social media has been wonderful to help me do this and I've done it all on social media. I would hoping that I, when I retired, I'd be able to go visit each
2: group. But so far, that hasn't worked out. Yeah. In Georgia, I have never heard of this before. And I've been a nurse for a, a long time. Um, it's coming. Yeah, we hope we, yeah. We're, we're bringing it, hopefully. My goal is to have one every 50 miles so
1: that nurses do, that are in the honor guard don't have to travel really far. I've actually traveled from Michigan to Oklahoma because I couldn't say no to a family that wanted it so badly. Mm. But while I was in Oklahoma, I started a group there, so it was worth, uh, worth the trip, you know. Yes.
2: So yeah. you said that you've been involved since 2011, but the co- or the uh, honor guards have existed since 2003. Can you tell us how that came about? How did they come into existence?
1: The Kansas Nurses Association started it, and they worked with this nurse, Diane Yeager, and got that the poem that I'm sure that you can... Uh, Send a link to mm-hmm. it's in the ceremony, and they actually started it. And then it was just a handful I'm saying maybe five or six groups when I started organizing that I knew of. And like I said, it just has really blossomed because we need this. This is so wonderful for our profession. To when we put on the uniform, I will tell you that you put that cap on and you put the cape on, even if you didn't have it when you were in nursing school, you know the history of it. Mm-hmm. And whether you believe that uh, Florence Nightingale was one of our leaders or not, I mean, the lamp lit the way, that's why we have the lamp, for her to take care of injured soldiers. And the cape is red on the inside so that the nurses could be easily identified in the field when they were caring for soldiers so that they wouldn't be shot. They would be identified as uh, medical personnel. And a little bit of the history of it. So the lamp and the cape, even if it wasn't something that you were coming up as a nurse, you, it's in our history.
0: Wow. I love that. I absolutely love that. Victorian studies is my thing. And seeing how you've tied it all the way back to Florence Nightingale and that uh, significance of the, uh, of the uniform. That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. That's really beautiful.
2: And it also tracks along with the other ones that we were talking about, like the, um, the other first responders, they wear their most formal mm-hmm. uniforms yes. and sometimes do things that are historical but not current, like um, the bugling or the the, um, the twenty one gun salute, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is this is perfect and beautiful. Um, yes. How do you incur- incorporate the um, nurse honor guard or the Nightingale tribute? So is the ceremony called, what is the ceremony itself called? Is it called the Nightingale Tribute or that's the name of the poem? It is called the Nightingale
1: Tribute. Okay.
2: So the whole thing is, um, how is that incorporated into a religious funeral or a non-religious funeral? Are there, Yeah. go ahead.
1: When we go uh, to the funeral, we meet with the officiant, and we let them place us in whatever order they want to place us. I try to encourage them to put us at the end before they do the benediction, because it is ad closure. And there's only been a couple of times where uh, a priest has been a little nervous about it, because they're worried that it might uh, go against their religion, but there's nothing religious in the ceremony. So we always provide them with a copy of it so they can be reassured. Once they see it, they're always on board with it. So it's not, it doesn't uh, step on any religious toes or anything like that. Yeah.
2: So you, in your experience, have never run into a religion or a faith or a circumstance where it was not appropriate or well-received.
1: No, and it's all in the way you present it, too. And we as nurses know how to bridge that cultural gap. If you have uh, some questioning about it, then you just talk to them about it and let them understand that it doesn't infringe on it. And that's why I like each group to be autonomous and be able to say what they need to say so that it's not just strictly has to be one way. You have to be able to adjust. Like, I'll tell you one thing that happened to me. I was in charge of buying the flower, the rose, and I was at work and really in a hurry and forgot to buy it. So one of the other nurses that was with me that has a little more uh, experience on her side than me because I was in a panic, she said, never mind. She said there's lots of flowers here and she just slowly cruised around the funeral picked a flower out of an arrangement and we used it yeah so nurses know how to overcome you know use their critical thinking well it happened to me again i can't believe that but and there this time there were no white roses so we picked a red carnation and just changed the wording of the ceremony where it came we give you this white rose we changed it to we give you this red flower ah. and it went fine no one knew the difference but that's how we roll that nurses. is
2: exactly how, we roll. Is exactly how we roll you're still thinking on your feet yes flexible creative exactly hand- yeah. handling critical conversations yeah. that is nursing amazing and
1: some people have said i don't think i could get through this ceremony without crying and i explained to them you know how to do this you know when the crisis hits you deal with the crisis and you cry later Mm-hmm. And then they understand and, and they're able to do it. And there mm-hmm. are sometimes, because we've had to do it sometimes for someone that we know, mm-hmm. and it's really hard but it just makes it even more meaningful to us that we were able to do that for them.
0: Right. And the fact that you don't, that that you can also honor the nurses, even if it's not the graveside, if it's part of another ceremony Mm -hmm. means that even if you do encounter um, a a religious faith or uh, some sort of traditional practice where Mm -hmm. having it at the graveside, you know, wouldn't fit, you have the opportunity to still celebrate that nurse with the same kind of um ceremony but at a different time i I like that it doesn't the fact that you're flexible enough with the it's more the idea of honoring them than it is about time and place
1: and i can tell you the visual of it like in this not all the funerals have uh actual casket sometimes you just have an urn sometimes you just have a picture but in the event that there's an actual casket and they're rolling that out we follow behind like an honor guard stand by the hearse while they put the body in the hearse and we're actually standing guard mm. and some of the groups even like before the they'll come early before the ceremony and stand guard during that visitation part too wow.
2: julie this is not a visual medium but my imagination i'm getting we be just thinking imagining it i mm-hmm. don't know that i could do it without crying for sure but it's like i say to other nurses it's appropriate to cry at the bedside with your with your mm-hmm. patients and their family members it shows that you're human it shows the humanity of it all i would probably be
1: and you're and you're healing people in their grief right
2: which is an opportunity because as you're
1: standing there after the ceremony is over and people come up to you and and tell you something in the personal about them and the person that passed away and they thank you for being there it does something to your heart and your soul that's the healing part for them and you're just honored to be able to Help with their healing process yes
0: amazing I love it and then
1: when you when a group gets started it's not a lot of money it's not hard to start and I walk them through the process
2: so let's talk and, about that a little bit so okay. if if a if a group did want to start a, an organization or an honor guard who who is uh, qualified to be a member of the honor guard what are the expectations if you if you say I'll do it what is then expected of you
1: so they have to be a nurse. It could be LPN, LVN, RN, RN BSN, RN, BSN, PhD, MD, PA, any kind of nurse. Okay. We don't currently have a ceremony for nursing assistance, and I'm hoping that someday they do this, uh, organize something for themselves. But right now, this is just for nurses. So they contact me, and I have a information that I send them on how to, basic information on how to start a nurse's honor guard. Once they've read that over, then we arrange for a phone call and I walk them through the process. I answer questions. I uh, go over details. I often attend their first meetings by Zoom and they can call me anytime they come up with a question because questions will come up. Well, what do we do about this? How Mm -hmm. about this? I can send them examples of brochures that people have made so they can you know, get an idea of what to look for and how exactly to start a nurse's honor guard. Then it's up to them to make it as easy or as hard as they want to right. as far as organizing goes. You can have a, a formal structure with a president, vice president, secretary, treasurer. You can do it that way. Or you can just organize your group once you get it started and you visited funeral homes and they're starting to refer you. You might not ever meet again unless you're meeting at the ceremony. So like I said, some groups love to have that uh, formal setup and other groups, it's, you know, I'm available on Thursday or I'm not and I go if I can and if I don't, it's really informal. So that's
2: up to each group how they want to do that. And one of the things that you mentioned um, in our correspondence is that it's a really uh, good role um, and popular role for retired nurses. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of participation from retired nurses. Um, so tricky question. If a nurse has had disciplinary action on their license or had their license revoked, are they eligible to be a member of the honor guard? Or That's similarly, t- if they passed away, are they eligible to have the honor guard at their funeral? Right. Well, we treat each in- each incident
1: individually. You know, if if, if they was egregiously... Stab somebody and, you know, it was all over the news and stuff, you might want to tone it down a bit, Mm -hmm. but they're still a nurse. Right. So, you know, that you just have to take each on a case-to-case basis. In my opinion, they would be eligible because they were a nurse, and if this is something that will help the family um, and you're not making a great big deal about it, then it can be quietly performed and, and still be honored. As far as a disciplinary action, I've never even had that happen where somebody question the eligibility of a, of a nurse that way
0: that's great i was I, I, it gets to be a sticky place where someone would adjudicate whether or not somebody was deserving mm-hmm. of of being honored right. or deserving of being in the honor guard so right um, I, I i like how uh Egalitarian. The the whole idea is that this yeah. is about the person's contribution towards the well being of other people around them, no matter uh, how great, how small, how long, how short. But um, it's the 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 effort that they put into the world. That's exactly. great.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. I I agree. So um, you've alluded to the uniform and also to you mentioned something about brochures. So if a group were to establish an organization, or if someone lives in an area where there is already one established and they want to participate, how do they go about getting the uniform? And then, how does the nurse honor guard get information out to either funeral homes, or religious leaders, or families, or nurses that this is an option at, at that time of of um, life and death. <laughs> So part of the organizing process
1: when the group is first forming and they've reached out to me and I can tell them whether there's a group within 50 miles of them. Mm -hmm. I don't publish a directory because there's a lot of personal phone numbers on there that I don't think I want out there on the internet. So all they have to do is just let me know and I can put them in touch with the group. Mm -hmm. And if they're starting a group, then one of the first things they do is they meet with like four or five nurses that are interested in it. And then you uh, come up with uh, ideas for the brochure which I also have lots of different uh, examples to send them that they can use, and they come up with their own brochure, whatever they want to put in it. At that time, then they make uh, appointments with funeral directors, and they visit them in person. Okay. You don't just send the brochure out because it could get tossed in the circular file because the person opening the mail might think it was just you know, junk mail. Right. So you go there, and you actually show them what it is that you're doing and after that and you include a hospice houses uh anywhere that there might be in contact with a nurse that would need this but mostly we it it's the funeral directors that have this but for the first year you're going to have to I call it cruise the obituaries and look for nurses and when you see a nurse that's uh has an obituary you call that funeral director and ask them to offer it to the family okay and then a lot of times that's how it goes. And then once the funeral directors see how wonderful it is and that it doesn't cost them anything and it doesn't take any extra work for them to do this, how much the families appreciate it, they're going to put a room aside for you when you get there and you're going to have water in there for you to get dressed and get ready for the ceremony. But in the beginning, you got to do a little saluting on your own. <laughs> yeah, a little foundation work.
2: So right. I can see how but it's
1: good
0: for see it. for funeral uh, for funeral homes that it just augments mm-hmm. their business model that sure. they can provide yet yeah, this mm-hmm. other service this personalized service for a grieving family. Um, like you said, it doesn't cost them anything, but it sure probably makes them look good to say, "Oh, your mother yes. was a nurse. Well, l- let me connect you with the nurse honor guard." That's that's smart. That's a real uh, mm-hmm. boots on the ground kind of gumshoe work that you're doing there. Right.
1: <laughs>
2: Word of mouth is uh, like gets us the most business there. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that if you see it in that you actually see it happen one time, that it makes a pretty big impression and that it, yeah. it would then. Yeah. And a uh, lot of nurses go to nurses' funerals.
1: Exactly. So we always make sure that we have uh, contact information in our uniform pocket to hand out to them so in case they want to join us. So, when you are
2: performing the, the tribute as an honor guard, what is there a minimum number of participants that you need to have? Or- I've
1: done it with just one person before. Okay.
2: <laughs> but it's uh, optimal
1: to have at least four because then you have one person that does the speaking, one person that hands the rose, one person that does the lamp, and one person that does the triangle. Okay. But you can do it just as well with one person. The feeling is the same, but the impact, the more people you have, the better. You no, know, it's very, uh, I've done it. It was, I think, with as many as twelve before. Wow. Um, did have you had see the
2: one? Go ahead, Lisa.
0: I was going to say, have you had the opportunity to go to any nursing conferences and to to demonstrate? I was thinking about the nursing conference we went to back in Austin a couple of years ago, Nisa. Um, I could have. I would have loved to have gone to a breakout session, to, um, or even to have seen the nurse honor guard present this. Um, at a nursing conference to, to 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 get the word out so that people know it's out there. Have you had that chance to do that? No, because
1: of COVID, mostly. Uh, but I would for, love to. I would love to do that. It would be great. All right. Well, hopefully, yeah, the people think that who listen to this podcast too yes. invite us to their I'm, conferences.
0: Yeah. We'll take this as a big <laughs> hint to invite yes. Julie Murray and the Nurse Honor Guard yeah. to the, to do a presentation.
2: Yeah, I think that would be a great idea. Great mm-hmm. and very well received. Yeah. Is um is this practice U.S. only? Has it made it out? I have not heard of any outside of the United States, but I have been
1: contacted by somebody from the United Kingdom that is interested in starting. So I'm hoping. Well, we might take it international. That would be great. Oh, that yes. would be fabulous.
2: Um, and we we do have a lot of listeners who are outside the U.S. So right. uh, hopefully they will um, find this helpful as well. Yeah, we were number one in New Zealand for a hot week there. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So can you tell us, I mean, we touched a little bit about this, but why do you think nurses need this, especially right now? Yeah. Well, I, I alluded
1: to that before, that we've taken such a beating and our our spark is fading. Right. And this helps us bring back that pride in our profession because we didn't come into nursing to have be, be treated the way we've been treated at our hospitals. I have been a strong advocate of safe staffing legislation. I'm hoping that we can pass the legislation that's out there. I've worked tirelessly in trying to get that. But this actually crosses, it equalizes us. Because I've sat there at these ceremonies with uh, nurse directors and managers and staff nurses, and we all sit in the pew together, and it brings us together. It's the one thing, like I said, is an equalizer. I guess in death, that is the ultimate equalizer, but... Uh, yeah, I think that it's important for us to support our profession and not give up, right? Because what we do is so important. And you need something
0: to refeed the spirit, us, uh, just spiritually. Yes. You're you're exhausted, okay. overworked. This this the the relentless progress of this pandemic has just worn you all down. No matter how hard you work, that having something like this to really reinvigorate your spiritual connection to the work that you're doing is got to be very important.
1: I can tell you feel it when you put the uniform on and you get the impressions from people thanking you for your service, thanking mm-hmm. you for what you do
2: instead mm-hmm. of throwing things at you or spitting on you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Julie, is there anything else that you want to touch on that we didn't I just want
1: Yeah, I just want people to know that it's not hard to start this. It doesn't take a lot of money and it will help you as much as you're helping other people. And isn't that what we do as nurses? You know, absolutely. But we have to help ourselves, too. Yes,
0: absolutely. Well, we are going to put on our website, uh, um, maybe a YouTube link or two to if there's any um, films of this in mm-hmm. practice. Um, I will find the, or if you can send us the poem, I would love to post that on there as well. Okay, I'll do that. Um, any other information that you want to share, we'll be happy to link on the, the, the keyword podcast website so that our audience can go check it out for themselves and, uh, help us spread the word.
2: Yeah. So you have a Facebook page for the, um, honor guard. Uh So, uh, would you tell us that? And then also you mentioned many times that you're willing to mentor new group members or people who are establishing new groups. So will you let us know, let our listeners know how they can contact you for that. Right. Okay. So my email is J
1: M U R Y five eight one at Gmail. And I will answer all emails as fast as I can. You surprise I'm a little bit of an insomniac, so don't be surprised if you're a night nurse and you get an answer from me shortly <laughs> after you send me an email. <laughs> I should love that. So, so I and this is my passion. I want this uh to explode fabulous Me too. we do. do too we're gonna do what we can to
0: uh, to contribute to that with our listeners and and really get the word out there because i think thank this is so very much. important
2: yeah thank thank you. thank you for spending time with us but mostly thank you for uh, all that you're doing to uh have this important service for nurses and to mentor it to grow Um, if someone ever climbs up the outside of your house onto your deck and then sneaks in your window and is trying to murder you while we're podcasting, I won't know because it, it'll be the last minute and I'll, it's all blurred. And then at the last minute, I'll be like, no, Lisa!" <laughs> You'll think it's Bob. <laughs> Bob's getting closer somehow. What's happening? Be like, I didn't Thanks. know
1: the background was blurred.
0: Thanks for putting that thought in my head now but <laughs> I'll be in the Zoom meeting and somebody will watch my murder for God's sake.